Did you know that everything you have is from the Lord? Today on Maranatha Radio, Pastor Ray Bentley reminds us where our blessings come from and just how bountiful those blessings are. How would you like to have a dad that was richer than any other dad on the planet Earth and whose greatest joy was to give you all of his riches? That's exactly what you and I have, our Heavenly Father. He's rich beyond imagination and he loves to give and he loves to give to us. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's own return, the whole gospel to the whole world. God has limitless resources and abundant generosity and kindness, but he has something more valuable than gold available to us in an endless supply. Today, Pastor Ray points out the value of wisdom and how God makes it available liberally and without reproach. Let's listen. James chapter 1, verse 5. It says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways." Beginning with verse five again then, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. I used to think when I would read through this that it was two different unrelated points, all right? I'm going through trials, God wants me to rejoice, he's building character in me, okay. Point two, now if you lack wisdom, ask God for wisdom. But there is always a thing called context. Things are always related one to the other. So the very fact that he goes from talking about trials to then saying, if any of you lack wisdom, they go together. In other words, it's not just enough that I know that when I am encountering trials, God's working on the the character of my heart. He wants me to rejoice in him, but I need something more. And that's something more that I'm going to need to make it successfully through the trials I am presently facing, let alone the trials of my future, I need wisdom from God. I need the wisdom of the Lord. And I wanna share this with you. There is something that I, I know now from the authority of God's word that is true for every single human being. All of us are facing a variety of trials in our lives right this moment. And it's not just one or two, it always comes in a pack and a variety. And may I also add, now that I've walked with the Lord some 40 years, that you think, well, someday I will arrive at some point of maturity where they kind of lessen or get, you know, kind of maybe go away a little bit. You never arrive. You never, in fact, I would say to the opposite of that, that the greatest trials, as long as you live here on the earth, are, are yet reserved for the future. I don't mean that to discourage you, but I mean that to just state reality. Abraham's greatest test of faith in his life did not come when he was 40, 50, 60, 70, or even 80 or 90, 
but when he was a hundred years old and everything that had happened in his life up until that point was merely preparation for the great test. When God said, now, you really love me, don't you, Abraham? We've walked together for a hundred years. Take now thy son, thine only son, to the mountain I will show you and sacrifice him unto me. And that whole story of the deliverance of Isaac. Moses was 80. Everything in his life up until then was merely preparation. I believe we are a chosen generation and all we have learned and all we've experienced and all we've gone through is merely preparation for what's coming next. But here's the exciting thing. We have in these trials the opportunity not only to rejoice in him, to know that our character is being built, but we have something uniquely that is available to us. And that is divine wisdom. Wisdom is divine. It is not of this world. It is not of this earth. It is in every respect. It's, it's supernatural. It is greater than all the miracles that you could imagine. Wisdom is given a place of honor in the Bible that exceeds anything you could even dream or imagine. Now, James has a great deal to say about wisdom in the Bible. Wisdom is practical and it shines with the light of righteousness. Do you know what's going on right now in Israel? There's war in the Holy Land and I tell you that whenever there is war in the Holy Land, it's like God Almighty from heaven knocking on the front door of planet Earth saying, wake up, wake up world. We need wisdom. We need to pray for our leaders to have wisdom. We need to pray for our times to have wisdom. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. I want to encourage you not only listening to this Bible study, but right now, in your mind, before we finish, you whisper in your heart, yeah, God, okay, I'm ready. I need wisdom. I pray for wisdom for my life and what I'm facing. I want you to turn with me. Hold your finger in James. Go back with me to the book of Job. If James is the oldest book of the New Testament, Job is the oldest book of the entire Bible. It was the first book ever written. And Job is a fascinating character. But in Job chapter 28, beginning in verse 12, he says, but where can wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? Man does not know its value. Oh, how true that is. Now we need an emphasis upon wisdom to be added to knowledge. Man does not know its value, nor is it found in the land of the living. The deep says, it's not in me. And the sea says, it is not with me. See, you can study the sciences and you can study nature and you can study the universe, but wisdom will not be found there. The one who created it did it with wisdom, but the wisdom we need is beyond it. In verse 15, it cannot be purchased for gold, nor can silver be weighed for its price. It cannot be valued in the gold of Ophir, in the precious onyx or the sapphire. The gold of Ophir is the gold of the original pure gold that was in the Garden of Eden. Listen, what the Bible is saying is, wisdom is so valuable that all the gold of the whole earth could not buy it. Verse 17, neither gold nor crystal can equal it, nor can it be exchanged for the jewelry of fine gold. If you made all the gold even into beautiful jewelry and added to its value, still not enough. No mention shall be made of coral or quartz for the price of wisdom is above rubies. 
The topaz of Ethiopia cannot equal it, nor can it be valued in pure gold. From where then does wisdom come? And where is the place of understanding? It is hidden from the eyes of all living and concealed from the birds of the air. Nature does not have it. Destruction and death say we have heard a report about it with our ears. God understands its way and he knows its place for he looks to the ends of the earth and sees the whole heavens to establish a weight for the wind and apportion the waters by measure. He made a law for the rain and a path for the thunderbolt. He saw wisdom and declared it. He prepared it indeed, he searched it out. Okay, now listen to this. Verse, here's uh, the whole point is in verse 28. And to man he said, behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. This is talked about in the book of Proverbs. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And I, I have to admit, I, in the beginning as a young Christian, I didn't know exactly what that meant. What, what does that mean exactly? It means this. God has all wisdom. To fear the Lord means to acknowledge him, believe in him, have a relationship with him. And if you have that, all wisdom that is beyond anything of value in this earth is now yours. May I then say to you that wisdom is how to go into a deeper, more intimate relationship with God. And the further and deeper into the Lord you go, the greater your divine, and I am talking supernatural wisdom will be. And it will be reflected by God giving to you wisdom in your human, horizontal, vertical relationships. And that is, wisdom is, that's what life's all about. That's what means something. The world is full of rich people who have so much money, they've got their private jets and they fly all around and they have their portfolios and their buildings and their name upon them. And yet they have no relationship and their kids are fighting and suing one another and, and they're destroyed, they have no wisdom and all of their wealth cannot buy it. But a man who loves his wife and she, her husband and their children, and they enjoy one another and kids and grandkids, if they have them, that is wisdom that cannot be bought. And it is more valuable than having all the money and gold and silver and rubies and sapphires that the earth provides. For the believer, wisdom is then revealed in all its fullness in the person of Jesus Christ. Because God's wisdom was placed within him and through Jesus, we are given the wisdom of Almighty God, the eternal God. 1 Corinthians 1.30 is in your notes. But of him you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God. Because Jesus' life models wisdom, divine wisdom, supernatural wisdom, how to have a relationship with your Father in heaven and how to have a right relationship with those around you. That is the secret of life. That is deep, supernatural, divine wisdom when you learn. In fact, I could say it this way, essentially all of our trials are relational in nature and the way out of the trials is relationally to be given wisdom to even make our enemies our best friends and to know them and to love them. And that's what sets all of us free. 
Wisdom from God is found in Jesus Christ. Knowing him. You know, and, and let me also say this. Okay, so we're following Jesus and we're living like Jesus and we're wanting to be like him and grow with him. L listen for just a moment. If I really look at Jesus and if, if that's who God wants me to be as I grow and as I mature, and you as well, what can I observe about him? Well, I noticed this about Jesus. He said that the birds have nests and the foxes have dens, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Why? He didn't need a home even. Now, I'm saying that the Lord is not telling you you don't have a home or leave your home. I'm just saying that if we are to be like him, we don't have to have all the things that we think we need to have to live with joy and victory. In fact, in these hours and days, would it be a mistake if God's children in these circumstances, if our, all of our energy and prayers were only to pray and beg God, bring us back to the way it was, where we were comfortable? God could do that, but is that his goal? Is our comfort or is his goal rather our character? I don't know what God's gonna do. I have no idea what the future holds. The best of them tell us it's gonna be challenging, but it also provides perhaps a unique opportunity. For those who are God's children in these unstable times, if there were a group of human beings that were unmoved by what is happening outwardly and whose joy and spirit was not dependent upon outward things, but came from a source that seemed to be bubbling like a river from deep within, would that not provoke some jealousy from those who are in the world who are looking for a reason for the hope that lies within God's own sons and daughters? We have a unique opportunity perhaps now than ever before to shine. And here's the good news. Go back with me to James chapter one. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously to all without finding fault. God loves, you need to know this about God. He loves to give supernatural insight. He loves to give wisdom. His very nature is giving. The great characteristic of God is that he is a giver. He's, he's fabulously rich, doesn't even describe what he has. And being so rich, how would you like to have a dad that was richer than any other dad on the planet earth and whose greatest joy was to give you all of his riches? That's exactly what you and I have, our heavenly father. He's rich beyond imagination and he loves to give and he loves to give to us. Acts chapter 17 verse 25 says, nor is he worshiped with men's hands as though he needed anything since he gives to all life, breath and all things. Did you know that everything you have is from the Lord? Every single thing you and I have is from the Lord. He said, well, wait a second, I, you know, I went to school and I got this degree and then I went and got that job and I did. Yeah, you did all that, but who gave you the mind? Who gave you the ability? Who gave you the opportunities? Ultimately, what do you have that you did not receive from the Lord? He gives to all life, breath, and all things. And he has given to us, our father has given us his son. There's nothing more precious to God the father than his son. He has given him to us so that we won't perish but have everlasting life. If he gave us his, the most precious thing to him, 
then how can he not give us anything else and everything else we may ever need? That's exactly what the Bible says in Romans 8, 32. Let's read this scripture out loud. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? God is like a pitcher tilted toward his children, just waiting to pour wisdom out upon you when we ask. But you have to ask, and if you don't ask, you don't receive. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. In the past few months at Maranatha Radio, so many listeners have shared comments on what Pastor Ray's teaching has meant to them. Bless you, Pastor Ray. You ignited my soul in ways I could not have imagined and blessed me with a deepened love for the Bible. You made scripture come to life. Bless your family. Dear Lord, bring his family, especially his wife, Vicki, peace. Praise God Ray is home. Although he's gone home, his teachings continue here on the radio thanks to the support from listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with Ray Bentley Ministries and Maranatha Radio, just go to our website at www.raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Now, page two of your notes, wisdom is given to those who must do one thing. It says, but if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him, but let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Another translation puts it this way, but let him ask in trust, doubting nothing. Many times we think, well, I just have faith. Well, I do, I believe in God. But faith and trust are interchangeable, but trust sometimes gives a little bit deeper understanding, a little different texture to it. It's more than just believing that God is great and God is able and God's powerful and God can. That's distant intellectual faith. Trust is, I trust that my dad loves me. And I trust that he will give to me what I need, especially wisdom when I ask him for it. And I trust in his character and I trust in his heart toward me. And I trust in the way that he has dealt with me in the past. And I trust in him personally. It's a relationship word. So this is beautiful. James not only tells us what to ask for, but how. We are to ask in trust, believing that God loves me more than anything. He loves me as much at least as his own son, for he gave his son for me, and therefore I can trust that he will hear and answer and give me the wisdom that I desire. There's nothing more frustrating than to have a relationship of two people who are together, and one of them does not trust the other that they really love them. And no matter what you do, no matter how much you demonstrate, no matter how long you show and how long it goes, ah, there's always a withholding of your heart. There's always a little separation. There's always a little distance. That's not the way relationships are meant to be. We must. And even in a fallen world, of course, well, I've been hurt and, you know, whatever. Okay, true. 
But the lesson of life, if you close yourself off, if you try to save your life, you will lose it. But if you lose your life, for my sake, you will then find it. That means opening your heart and trusting. And, you know, okay, so we should be able to trust in God. He has, we have every reason to trust in Him. Trust Him that He loves you. And may I say this, none of us is perfect in love. And therefore, with every one of us, there are still areas that we hold back a little bit from the Lord that we want control in because we don't really totally trust in Him. And therefore, the Holy Spirit is constantly knocking, wooing, saying, please, let go, open up, let me in, trust me, watch this. I am telling you that you have no, we, we have no concept of how deeply God loves us, how, how madly, passionately in love he is with us. If we knew it, we, we would be set free. And that's the goal of walking deeper with the Lord. Now, if you don't trust him, you're gonna be like a cork on the waves, up one minute, down the next. The emphasis falls on the experience of this one who doesn't trust God on tossing, constantly moving, never finding stability. Too many Christians are like corks on the waves. They are up one minute, down the next. Now look, verse seven says, that man should not think that he will receive anything from the Lord. No, that man is a believer. He's one who has received the eternal life and he's indwelt by the Holy Spirit, but his constant lack of trust means he will get no wisdom to help handle his troubles. Now, the Lord's not demanding perfect faith. You've got both Abraham and Moses were great men of God. They were not perfect in their faith. God can work with imperfect faith. I like what uh, the one guy said to Jesus in Mark 9, 24, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. That's being honest. But at least there's relationship. There's something to work with there. We're in need today, more than ever before, of the wisdom of God and the wisdom that was given to Solomon. First Kings chapter three, verse nine, God came to him in the night vision and said, whatever you want, ask my beloved son, David, you are his son, whatever you ask, I will give you. What would you do if God gave you that? Here's what Solomon said. Therefore give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil for who is able to judge this great people of yours. He didn't feel worthy to be king qualified to be king, prepared to be king. He said, I need wisdom. God's answer is in 1 Kings 3, 11 and 12. Let's read this scripture lastly out loud together. Then God said to him, because you have asked this thing and have not asked long life for yourself, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor have asked the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice. Behold, I have done according to your words. See. I have given you a wise and understanding heart so that there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall any like you arise after you. That's what we need to ask God for, it's wisdom. Pastor Ray Bentley with great insight about wisdom today on Maranatha Radio based on our studies in James chapter one. Glad you've joined us today. Now, today's study is titled, The Need of the Hour is Wisdom. 
If you missed any part of the message, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. When you get to the homepage, you can leave a tribute to Pastor Ray's life and service to the Lord. And also click the word media, and you'll see the words watch, radio, and Devo. Three engaging ways you can enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can link to Pastor Ray's Facebook page, his podcast, his YouTube channel, and Twitter feed. And you'll find Pastor Ray's books there as well. His final book as The Days of Noah, a prophetic fiction novel, part of the Elijah Chronicles series. And raybentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also donate securely right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Well, next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of James. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.